0: You are listening to The Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 142, part two. Welcome to The Maniverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we explore what it takes to build a successful, friendly, local game store. If you like what you hear on today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever fine platform you're listening on. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. As always, you can find the notes and links mentioned in today's episode at ManiverseSaga.com. This is part two of my interview with Joshua Pyle Carter from the Deckbox, where we focus on personalized client service as a key factor in its success. We also talk about why understanding individual customer preferences, especially in complex games like Magic the Gathering, is crucial. And so is guiding customers based on their interests and experience levels rather than simply pushing sales. He discusses the benefits of carrying a wide range of products to meet diverse needs and the significance of building trust with customers through genuine recommendations and attentive service. If you haven't listened to part one of Josh's interview, be sure to check it out. The link will be down in the show notes and enjoy part two of Josh's interview.
1: The community part of it is a big element of the, what what makes it all tick and having that authentic interest is a big part of that. You know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I re- you know, I am not a D player. That is that is Rachel's thing. Um, but I, you know, when a new D and D source book comes out, um, I read it. Why? Because you know, I want to be able to talk to someone if they're interested about it, about the new hot thing. You know, like I don't need any pushing to go be excited about Warhammer or Magic or Pokemon or Larcana. Yeah. Um but like, you know, for things that are outside of my purview, so like I am I am not much of a player of video games, even though we carry a lot of them, um, because it's something where, given all the other things that I'm interested in, like video games are one that's hard to prioritize, um, but it's something where, you know, we hire people who are super excited about video games. You know, we've got a couple of guys who can go, oh, cool, you really like Dishonored? Let me tell you about the other games that, if you like Dishonored, are similar to Dishonored. It's like the same sort of concept in bookstores where you're hand-selling, right? Like, you know... I'm telling you something because I think it's cool and interesting. And that's my authentic opinion, not because the manufacturer told me that I need to sell X number of copies. It's a neat, I will tell you what I thought about this experience like good and bad with the idea that being that, you know, eventually, you know, that you'll trust my recommendation when I say, Hey, you like the last thing that I recommended for you. Here's something that's to your taste profile is, you know, kind of what I would recommend. So it's typically why when we have video game clients come in, they'll go, well, you know i'm looking for video games it's like all right man like what's the last thing you played that you liked you mm-hmm. know like you know, give me some insight into you know oh you played minecraft all right cool like you know did you like the building elements was it like yeah. the survival mechanics like you know let's dig a little into and it's really helped people sort of you know it's been neat to sort of see that people have gone oh i never really thought about you know what it is i like about these things just mm-hmm. that i you know i enjoyed the last thing i played you know but what was it about it that worked? Because, you know, it's something where if you have that in-depth knowledge of, you know, you know, games and sort of how they're structured, you can say, okay, well, you know, I know if you liked this element for this reason, here's something else that is may look different, but its core elements are similar. You know, it may look like it's yeah. not the same type of game, but, like, if you play it, you'll go, oh, I really like this. So, for example, there's a video game that came out that I really liked, uh, Mortals of Avram. Um, and it's a single-player shooter style experience um and part of what i liked about it and part of what it got middling reviews for was that it was a very short play experience where it's a Mm -hmm. it's like a 10 to a 12 hour game maybe 20 hours if you kind of like do everything in it Um, but it's like a linear storytelling experience about sort of like a a high fantasy world where you like you shoot magic as if it was a weapon like it's it's very fun Um, but it's short and it's to the point has a cool sort of story wrapped up in it but it's definitely something where You know, it's not an Elden Ring where you can spend like hundreds of hours and like, you know, know, grinding into it. But for someone who's like me where, you know, you know, I'm in my late 30s and, you know, it's something where I'm, you know, I only have about like 15 to 20 hours on the weekend if I like really sit down and just like play it straight. So I Mm -hmm. need something that I can like play in a couple of sittings or I can play in sort of like, you know, one sitting if I have like a weekend for it, you Mm -hmm. know, and just be done it and not feel like I'm oh man, I got like halfway through and didn't finish. You know, it's something where, you know, that's the kind of thing where, you know, to me, the value is not in that it was hundreds of hours of gameplay. I don't need that. I've got stuff to do. You know, yeah. <laughs> the value to me is that I can, like, play it in a discrete session and just feel like I got something accomplished and got a full experience. And whether mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, the fact that it was an $80 game for 12 hours of playtime versus an $80 game for hundreds of hours of playtime, it's irrelevant to me because I'm not going to play the hundreds of hours for it. But that's yeah. something where, you know, that kind of a recommendation if someone comes in and says, well, you know, I bought, like, Assassin's Creed, you know, Odyssey, and Mm -hmm. I, like, you know, I got into all these things, and Far Cry, and, like, I just, you know, like, you know, I never finished any of them, like, hey, man, if you like this sort of stuff, you know, and what you're telling me is that you like playing games, but you do not have, you know, the the ability to play, like, you know, 40 plus hours a week playing video games, here's something I'd recommend, you know, here's something like Mm -hmm. The Quarry, or here's something like, you know, Immortals, where it's like, these are discrete play experiences that you can play them, Replay them if you enjoyed them, but they're sort of like, you know, a manageable chunk versus like your Elden rings and your Far cries where they're like yeah. requiring a good chunk of your life to kind of get through. <laughs> but that's kind of like coming back to it is you know, you know, that's how you add value for clients, like knowing mm-hmm. what they're looking for and being attentive to it rather than just treating them as a customer where it's like, cool. If I sell you this thing, this thing has a higher margin than this other thing. And I want you to buy that. It's like, no, I want you to buy what, you know, I want you to buy what works for you. And if nothing I have works for you, don't buy anything. Like if it's, if nothing grabs you, that's okay. You know, it's, you, you know, you know, it's something where your recommendations need to be based on actually listening to your clients rather than what is best for you. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, being the guide, right? Yeah. Being the trusted advisor who can point the person to the best experience possible, whatever oh, yeah. that happens to be.
1: Oh yeah. And it's part of it. There's a, there's a practice and a form to it of trying to figure out, you know, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like let's, let's ask the, let's interview someone. Let's ask the questions that get me to, the details I need to know about them. So, so someone comes and says, well, you know, I'm just getting into magic. You know, my buddies play, you know, mm-hmm. they told me it'd be super fun and it looks kind of cool. What do I need? I'll say, okay, well, like, have you played other card games before? Have you played like a Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh? Okay. Haven't played those starting brand new. Um, do you know what your buddies are playing? Well, I think they're playing like a hundred card format. They have like really big decks. Like, okay. So they're probably playing commander. Like, so what I'd recommend is I would recommend if you, you know, I would say, so there's Magic has a free version of Magic called Magic Arena. You know, I would recommend starting with that because there's a really good job of like tutorializing you how to play. You can play it on your phone. I'd recommend desktop because playing on your phone is a little tricky. But with you know, I would say like try that. If you like that, it, you know, even if you like it, play it through a bit. You know, it'll kind of walk you through all the basics, kind of like a video game. It'll also, like step up your difficulty, introduce you to new mechanics in a timely mm-hmm. way. Because when you first get into Magic, playing it. It can be a lot, you know, there's a, you know, you're basically talking about a game where we have agreed upon the rules we've made up in our heads that agree with the rules that someone else wrote. um, And that that is something where that's a lot if you're not familiar with it and can feel as a new player, the the digital side of it makes it a lot easier to take when you say, well, I clicked on the thing, why can't I do the thing? oh, I can't do the thing versus like your buddy says, well, you can't do that. Well, you know, of course you tell me that I can't do that. That's advantageous mm-hmm. to you because what I would do is be super cool. And like your buddy just goes, mechanically, that's not how that works. <laughs> but it's like it's easier when a computer tells you versus your friend. So mm-hmm. when that client comes in, you say, you know, hey, you know, try this thing. If you like it, great. Here's what I recommend for a commander pre-con. You could build your own, but generally speaking, the commander decks are built in a specific way to encourage you know, exploration and you know tinkering with. So, you know, your buddies will tell you, these decks are bad, they're not. They're designed in a specific way and that a normal Magic deck is built around having a really good core strategy, that you've got a synergy or a plan in mind of what you're looking to do. And when it comes to sort of like how you implement that, you have a very directed approach to all the cards that you're doing feeds your strategy. And the Commander pre-cons and all the Magic pre-cons are built in such a way that they say, we're not gonna prejudge what we think you'll be interested in. Mm-hmm. So here's this three color combination. It can do like 12 different things. And we're going to give you a little bit of each one and the idea is that you play it and go cool every time i played this card it was awesome and great every time i got this card i'm like damn it like you know like that's the the you know and part of it is that play them unmodified because that'll give you a feeling for what works and what doesn't and what you like you know not what's good or bad but you know all right neat i like having big haymaker plays or i like having like you know really sneaky like finesse plays you know
0: Yeah, find out if you're a Tibby or Johnny or Spike or whatever part of the game attracts you, figure that part out.
1: Yeah, and part of it is that you play it as it is, and after you've played like five or six games, you'll figure out what you do and don't like. And that's the part where you start getting the real heart of magic, which is the customization. So usually when a new player comes in, that's the winning process you do. You sort of figure out, neat, what are you expressing to me that you're interested in? We figured that part out. How would you like to engage in that interest? Is it with the buddies already? Is it with you by yourself? How do you build it up there and make a recommendation based on sort of that and sometimes the recommendation is you know you don't need to buy anything like you know try it you know digitally try it with your buddies before mm-hmm. you commit but if you're like yep i'm totally i just want to get a deck today awesome man that's great you know here's what i'd recommend for you which one should i pick whatever one looks coolest to you is as good a place as any if you have like a really strong feeling about like a color combination we'll mm-hmm. pick you something that's in that range but otherwise you know it's, it's all non-judgmental because it's all equally good, especially if you're starting. That's part of that client experience, where it's like a lot of times when people come to game stores, that's kind of where they bounce off, you know, they'll sort of, you know, come in, they'll sort of look at some stuff, not, you know, someone will say, well, it's a commander deck. Sometimes they're just, they're pretty bad. Like, you know, that's sometimes the reaction you'll get when yeah. you go to a game store, you know, but you know, it's something where, you know, you're looking to help that client out and figure out you know what it is they're looking for and if the answer is that you know it's something that they don't end up being interested in or it's something where you know the answer is that they don't need to get anything today that's okay or even if the answer is that you're like okay well you know thanks for talking to me i'm going to go order to amazon all right you know that's you know, it's one of those ones where like some people will take that personally but i would also say that someone <laughs> is you know coming to you to ask questions and if they are the kind of person who's going to do that and want to order the best possible option, again, that's a client choice. And all you can sort of do in those cases is just have the availability for it and say, okay, cool, we have the stuff. If you need it, if Amazon, like if someone steals it off your porch, you know, yeah. you know, like that sucks, but, you know, or it shows up and it's a repacked box of, you know, masters or what have you. Like, you know, you know, it's, it's something where like you you can come here and you'll get exactly what you want. You can leave with it today. And that's got to be one of your selling features of saying if, if, mm-hmm. if it's, 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 more important for someone to leave, go and save five bucks or 10 bucks online on it, you know, and wait, you know, for it to be shown up, that's a client that you weren't winning over anyway to that sort of style. But, you know, they'll most likely be back because you weren't a jackass to them, right? You know, it's like, okay, man, like, you know, like we talked about it, I'm, you know, if you, you know, like we've had people go like, well, you know, I, know, part of the reason I was asking today is because I saw like a deal online for like one for like 50 bucks. Man, that's a great price. You should totally get that. Like, because the reality is, you know, you can be, you know, it's, it's it's a choices thing, right? Like you can be upset and angry that someone like is, you know, wait, you know, in your view, wasting their time view it, you know, or you can sort of see it as like, eh, my time is already gone. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know if I'm sitting to ask this person, they pro- they'll they never come back. Whereas, like, if I'm just, like, you know, talking well, about it, it's like, you know.
0: You can also look at it in the long term. Yeah. You look at the big picture, right? Yeah. So that first interaction you have with somebody who says, ah, you know, that's great. Thanks for taking up 20, like, give me 20 minutes of your time. Give yeah. me all your recommendations. I'm going to go by from somebody else. Yeah. That's great, right? Like, mm, that, that doesn't feel good necessarily, but that could also be seen as a, okay, well, maybe maybe this person will never come back and, you know, they just took advantage of me, that stinks. But there's a pretty good chance that they're going to buy that thing and then they're probably going to come back to you again to be like, well, you gave me a great, you know, I love this thing. You gave me great advice. What else do you got? Oh, yeah. well, I, I can't find that online. I can't get these. You, know, you can't buy oh, yeah. magic there's, there's singles a, on Amazon right now.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a value to sort of like having a relationship and a, an approach that says, you know, we're here to provide a service and experience, you know, and someone will either appreciate that or they won't. And that's totally okay. You know, I'm not here to bully anyone or shame them to shopping with me. That's, that is not my approach to my <laughs> style. You know, my, my, approach Buy is, my, stuff. <laughs> my, my approach is very much, you know, it's a, I, and I tell my staff is that, you know, I don't put any sales goals. I don't put any like criterias on them, you know, mm-hmm. cause the answer is, you know, if someone is happy, you know, when you, when your typical person, when your typical client comes in, they have a number in mind when they come shopping with you of what they're expecting to spend. Mm-hmm. Like, so if someone has showed up at our store, they are planning to spend, you know, whatever they have planned in their mind to spend. And sometimes they will spend a little more than that. Yeah. You know, but they typically go, well, you know, I came in here, I have a hundred bucks, it's my fun money. I'm looking to spend it. I'm gonna find something to spend it on. And your job as a game store is to have something available for them. Cause you know, support your LGS, support your local store, only works insofar as that you have the product to facilitate that need.
0: Hey there, tabletop game store owners. Are you looking to level up your digital marketing game and boost your store's growth to new heights? We specialize in helping tabletop game stores just like yours dominate the digital landscape. With our cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and tailored solutions, we'll unlock the true potential of your store's online presence and skyrocket your sales. And here is the best part. We're offering a free strategy call for game store owners that are serious about growing their business. That's right. Sign up now for a complimentary consultation and let us show you how we can transform your store's marketing game. Don't miss out on this incredible journey to level up your digital marketing and drive your store's growth to new heights. Head over to our website at manoverseaga.com forward slash MMA to register for your free strategy call today. It's time to dominate the digital marketing arena and achieve success for your tabletop game store. So what are you waiting for? Book your call now, and let's make your store the ultimate gaming destination.
1: You know, so like one of the reasons that we stock so deep and so heavy is that we carry mm-hmm. one plus of every Warhammer model in stock. We carry, you know, every video game release, you know, all, you know so much stuff, you know, and part of it is that if someone wants to support their local game store. You know, we've, you know, we've done part of that for them. But, you know, it's, you know, that the challenge is like, you'll hear shops say, support your LGS, and, I've been to a lot of stores and there are stores that I love supporting and love going to, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the product mix to make me, you know, if I had 200 bucks, you know, I've gone to stores and I'm like, I really loved it here. This is a really awesome place. You know, I'd, I'd love to support you. Um, it's something where the, you know, I would love to spend $500 plus with you and I just. I'm struggling to find like a hundred yeah. bucks to spend.
0: I don't want to just pick up a bunch of random board games that I'm never going to play. Yeah.
1: And I, I have a hundred percent gone to stores that I've absolutely loved and spent money there uh, where it's like, I in no way, shape or form needed this, but I, I wanted to feel like I, I spent something to support them. Um, And part of that is, you know, just having the inventory available, you know, having stuff you think, and I'm not talking about like high end foils or things like that, like yeah. the stuff that's like an unreasonable ask to kind of have, have a store in play. But you know, it's something where, if you want your community to support you, you have to have the, the products that they actually want to have. And if you don't have that, it's very hard for them to sort of like, you know, support you as a store. So like when we got into Warhammer, uh, we had initially carried the best sellers line for, for GW. Basically, it's a list of their products that say, okay, you know, GW says that these products turn the most frequently. You know, these are the most like, you know, not, not necessarily the most like, you know, pop, you know, not necessarily the best models, but things that sell the most of like starter yeah. products. Um, and we carried that, and for we carried that for six months. I think maybe almost a year. Um, and in that time, we had people come in, go, "Oh man, I was looking for this thing." It's was like, "Oh well, we don't have that, but I can order it in. It'll be here in like two or three days." Like, "No, that's okay. I'm, I'm good." Um, and enough of that happened where I realized that you know, if we wanted to make those clients happy, we had to have what they were looking for because wait two or three days for it is not an appropriate answer for that client who wants it today. It's why they're coming yeah. to the store. They want it now. They don't want to come back in a few days. They don't want to deal with me saying, Hey, the order got delayed by like a, you know, a yeah. day or so, you know, UPS ate my stuff. Like, no, that's, <laughs> you know, it's like, they don't want to hear it. What they're here for is to support you, but also to have the thing that you wanted when they wanted it. Um, so with that sort of thing, we committed to saying, okay, well, if we're going to carry this and what our clients are saying is that they want to have, you know, they want to be able to walk in and walk out with it we need to order and carry product in a way that is makes sense for that. You know, so we basically made a commitment to sort of like carry more stock of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's got to the point now where like, we have, you know, we have, you know, not only the stuff that they carry in like a traditional GW store, mm-hmm. um, but also all the web exclusive items that, you know, you can order as a retailer. Um, most stores don't because it's a lot of products to sort of like carry that may or may not sell in a timely fashion. Right. So if you're worried about like product turnover, um carrying the whole you know web only range is a you know is a tough ask. Um, but the benefit that we found for it for us in our position is that it's something where, you know, it means we have a you know, for something that is sort of like, you know, broadly generic as GW products like box of space marines, we have unique items within that range. So there's things like, oh my gosh, what there's a bunch of like like the trigon for like the Tyranids army is like web only item mm-hmm. it's not an army not, it's not a model that's seeing a whole lot of competitive play but it's a really cool model that a lot of casual players looking for that no one really kind of stocks because it's such a it's a big box model it's a hundred bucks it's something where it's a, a lot of the the, the usage case of it's a little weird but someone who walked in so we had someone coming yesterday who was like oh my god i've only ever seen this thing on the online store yeah. and i've always sort of like hesitated about picking up because, oh, I don't really need it or have a use for it, but it's such a cool model. And it's you know, right there. But it's right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that's fair, man. <laughs> like, so, It's like, so, you know, and, But that's the kind of thing, like, that's a customer, you know, that, that's where you're adding value for your clients. And it's something where, you know, knowing that that's part of their experience before they know it is a big, a big part of what makes us successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes me think of opportunity cost, yep. right? Like, you don't know what you're missing out on by not having something, Oh, definitely. Right? It'd be really interesting to get a, like, to do a A-B test, two timelines kind of scenario where you have, uh, you know, your approach where the deck box has massive selection, right? Like that, to me, that sounds like a, a big part of the USP, right? Yep. You could come into the deck box and say, I want these cards, you probably got them. You yeah. probably have everything that you need, right? Yeah. And that is a that's, a, that's a value that not every store can offer, no. right? Not every store and has the ability to or wants It's to. definitely a high bar. But... If you compared that with, okay, so you've got 99% coverage, right? And I've, I've had other stores uh, on the podcast who that's their thing. They got 99% of every magic card ever printed, right? And they try to keep it always in stock as much as they can. And that's the reason why customers come to them. But if it was, let's say 80% or 60% or 50% or like, you know, you just kind of did it at like that 20%, I only carry the standard stuff that's just been released the last three months. Yeah. What would the difference in you know, customer satisfaction and like the sale volume and revenue, like how would that affect things? Is there a you know a multiplier at a hundred percent that just like makes it worth it that you've invested because that's a lot, right? That's a that's
1: that's a lot of inventory. <laughs> is it fair bid. So I'd say in terms of how we view it, is that the you know it's one of those things that what you're selling as a game store outside of sort of like new release product where that's kind of you know for the most part, if your allocation's good, you can kind of have whatever you need for that. So if you say you want, you know, 200 boxes of a new set release, you can probably get that, assuming you have sort of like built up with your distributor that you, mm-hmm. you like. That that's a level that you go through. Um, whereas with you know more vintage stuff, it's a little more tricky. So I would say that you know in terms of there is a cost of carrying so much product, um, but part of that is you know it, it does generate sales in long term. But I think that's part of where you see like that slow build model where you. Don't start off with everything, but you start off with like kind of the greatest hits and sort of you know, build a client relationship. And when a client, you know, so because the biggest thing is this is that when you when you treat them treat people like clients instead of customers, you know a client and I know if I bring in this you know reserve list dual land, you know, I've got a guy for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you as a seller bring me something, you don't know the guy, but I know the guy and I know yeah. cool. I give you I give you fifty percent in cash or seventy percent in trade for that thing that you've got. I know a client, I know a buyer and you know, I, it's not a guarantee, but I know if I reach out to that person or if I make a social post where I throw it up, that that person is going to message me or say, Hey man, like, can you hold this? Like, you know, and it's, you know, it's something where when you have that level of client knowledge, you can make those bigger plays. So basically saying, okay, you know, you know, seeing, you know, you know, it's not just a, have this thing, didn't have it walked out, no kind of collective memory about what happened. It's a, oh, Todd was in looking for you know exalted eight pound. me. I'll put a hold notification on it for when it's in. I'll do you know we order regularly from GW you know but I'll do a special direct order so that that he just gets his stuff. So when he comes in, I'll like you know I'll just best him and say hey this showed up for you came back in stock you know we got it for you if you need it awesome if you've already got somewhere else no big deal we'll fill a hole in the wall with it. Um, but it's some it's that sort of like qualified buying where you go okay. I know this person wants this thing, mm-hmm. and I know if I'm out of it, you know, you know, everyone else is probably out of it. So if I make the effort to go have the thing before someone else, before a regular restock or regular thing comes in, now I just have it kind of you know all available.
0: It's a reliable so, sale. Yeah, yeah, I and mean um, that's not information or knowledge that you get without
1: that relationship right exactly if it's right. all
0: transactional yeah. you'll never know what they really want you can yeah. kind of glean based off of what they bought what they purchased the yeah because they
1: because but... they may look at the wall of stuff and like kind of like browse a bit and go and just leave and go like, yeah they'll never did. tell you like, they'll hey. never tell you whereas if you have a conversation go hey man what you looking for today anything excited you know like you know there's the conversational nature and they say yeah man i was looking for a trigon but you're out of stock of ones like oh you like if you had just, I'll just grab your number and when it comes in, we just give you a call. Like, you know, if you find the meantime, no big deal. We're just going to restock it anyway. But like, you know, yeah. you get first pass on her. Um, and that's the kind of thing where like, if you don't engage with them as clients and you just treat it strictly as customers, you will never get that level of knowledge and you'll miss that sale. So, you know, it's a hundred dollar sale that a little bit of conversation and a little bit of engagement, you know, and a mm-hmm. little bit of legwork gets you right. You know, it's something where there's a value to that, whereas no, And that's, you know, you have to be able to back up that client relationship with having what they want, because if you just don't have what they want, no matter relationship in the world is going to change, they're going, cool, I really need this card for my deck. It's the thing that makes it work. You know, you know, I'd love, love, love to buy it from you. I'm willing to give you some time. I'm willing to give you some patience on it to, you know, to to get it kind of figured out. Um, But I I want this and if you can't get it for me, I'm willing to delay, but I'm eventually going to get it from somebody. Yeah. So like, that's part of the element of, you know, sort of saying, you know, you want to have that inventory to support, you know, the clients who want to shop with you, you know, the clients who want to say, okay, I'd really like to buy this from you. Cause I, I like you, and I want to support you. You need to have that inventory to make that sale because it doesn't make you any benefit if there's no ability to sort of, you know, you know, to have that sale materialize because otherwise you'll just go, okay, well, you know, this guy's been waiting on me for like three months to like yeah. get this thing for him. You know, I'd never get around to it or I don't do whatever. And he's eventually gonna buy it from somebody else. So by the time I get the thing back in, all he's gonna remember when I call him is saying, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, I, I waited for like six months for you to figure this out and I just went and bought it, right? So, like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, so that's, that's a part of it, right? And so you're, what level do you stock to? I think the answer is that, you know, if you I think you don't need as large of a blanket approach if you truly know your customer, you know, know your client base and don't mm-hmm. just treat them as customers. If you're treating them as customers, you may not get that information, and no amount of stocking will sort of be like, Cool, I have 90% of this stuff, but he wants that, like, not that thing, yeah, that thing that falls out of the 90% range, what somebody might want or care for, you know, he falls outside of that. So, I'm never going to satisfy that customer, even if I'm at like 90 or 92%, if I don't have that unique thing they're looking for, and you don't know that unless you're training as a client experience rather than as a customer experience. I want to go back.
0: All right, that is it for today's episode of the Maniverse Podcast. Do not forget to hit the the subscribe button so you stay up to date whenever we upload. And if you like what you hear, we'd also appreciate a quick five-star review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm Tom Trapplin, I've been your host. And I will talk to you again in the next episode, part three of the Maniverse Podcast.